Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Camille Soquet-Clerc from Bloom Impact, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Bloom Impact? Of course. Thank you for having me. So my name is Camille. I'm the founder um, and CEO of Bloom Impact Investing. Our mission is to make climate impact investing easy and accessible. Um, So our niche is climate impact. um, And the novelty here is to offer access to infrastructure and alternative investments um, that are driving positive um, impact outcomes. So what is climate impact? Let's get into that a little bit more as well. Uh, Let's not presuppose that everybody in our audience knows what we're talking about. Of course. And this this is my favorite part and my favorite question. So um, essentially at Bloom, we have not tried to reinvent um, the wheel and we have taken the best climate science already available because we know um, we know we already have the science um, in place to understand what needs to happen to um, navigate our clean energy transition and reach net zero. So Bloom has picked two models to define our investment universe. We globally, we have taken um, Project Drawdown. So Project Drawdown gives us um, close to 100 um, climate solutions. And uh, we also have taken Climate Works for the Australian context. And this is exciting because it goes way beyond investing in a couple of solar and wind stocks. Um, The full spectrum of climate solutions is really exciting and a lot broader than what a lot of people imagine. And I'll give you a few examples. For example, in there you have dynamic glass, recycled materials, waste management, reduced plastic pollution, you know, reforestation. There are literally hundreds of solutions you can look at. And this is great news for a um, manager, for an investment manager, because it means you can diversify within the niche climate mandate. So this is good news. Why has it historically been so hard for average investors to access a climate impact solution? And, And how does Bloom Impact solve that problem? Absolutely. This is our passion and this is what um, drove me to create the business because I experienced the difficulty myself. Um, I wanted to invest in solar farms and wind farms and innovative clean tech companies I believed in, but I wasn't rich enough. Um, And in practical terms, in more precise terms, I should say, I wasn't um, a sophisticated investor. I couldn't justify um, of a net wealth of 2.5 million or I wasn't a wholesale investor in some cases, wasn't able to invest um, $50,000 at a time. And the reason why there are these criteria in place for a lot of funds um, is twofold. The first one is protection of the investor. So typically investing in clean energy projects, um, so infrastructure, is fairly illiquid, um, meaning that it's not well suited for moms and dads who might need their money um, easily in and out as they would when they invest in some stocks on the the ASX, let's say. And the second reason um, is less obvious. I think a lot of fund managers have not been interested in servicing the retail market because it is considered high touch, um, more heavily regulated. 
So it's simply a bit more effort. Um, it's not not impossible at all. It's just um, a lot more effort. But we know what Bloom does differently is using technology to service these customers at scale. It's uh, it's not every day you run across someone who uh, decides to attack the problem of not being able to invest in uh, climate solutions by creating her own fintech. Um, how did how did this go? I certainly it wouldn't occur to me. So how did you how did you get the idea of going for sort of a, a fintech or app based solution for this problem? Of course. So um, like I said, it came from my own frustration, and I think. My background is in digital marketing and e-commerce. I've spent 10 years, um, so a large part of my career operating in um, highly innovative um, digital companies. So I had an idea of how we could service a lot of customers at scale and how easy the online experience can be, yet I couldn't see this reflected in the financial um, sector. So this is where applying a fintech model to um, an impact investing model appeared. But I'm going to add to this that another big driver to create warm impact investing for me was to create an impact at scale. And this comes from seeing the macroeconomic opportunity of the clean energy transition. I came before creating Bloom, I came across um, a lot of data and particularly one thing that has been very influential is the Deloitte Cleantech Index that has been tracking the performance of listed cleantech companies in Australia compared to the ASX 200. And this index um, has seen a 71% growth over the last five years compared to 36% um, for the ASX. So it, it's been outperforming the ASX and I just thought it was just marvelous, this outperformance. And I thought, wow, if only there was a way, an easy way to invest in these clean tech themes. Um, but I would want this to be scientifically underpinned by a solid scientific research to make sure I'm actually investing in things that will make a positive impact. And why particularly Climate Works and the other international um, alignment that you chose as well? I mean, there's any number of, uh, of uh, initials and acronyms and jargon uh, that you can link a, a, an ESG or a sustainability investment to. Um, why was Project Drawdown and Climate Works Australia the, the answer for you? Yes. So it all came from the IPCC report, so the an, an intergovernmental panel. Essentially, the, this is the reference, the scientific reference in the world for um, uh, the climate transition. And I think um, project, both Project Drawdown and Climate Works are applying findings from the IPCC report to their own modeling. Um, so I have confidence that this is anchored in the best science available. Um, the, and the reason why we've taken two models is because we needed a global context because we invest in equities and of course, a lot of clean tech companies are um, located overseas, but we also wanted an Australian context because a big part of our portfolio is targeting Australian assets. And as we know, Australia has a different shape, um, different opportunities, different, different characteristics that mean that something that is relevant for a global context might not be here. Mm -hmm. So, for example, hydrogen or um, nuclear, um, one model will say yes, another one will say no. <laughs> so 
um, this was to get a bit of a nuance in our um, positive screen. So again, I'm interested. I mean, you know, one of the things that strikes me is that, as you say, you, you come from a digital marketing and e-commerce background. Um, how do you take sort of the that experience of your career um, and apply it to the design of a product um, that's used to communicate how to invest positively in climate uh, to mm. sort of a broad market? Uh, what, how does that impact on the shape and design of, the, of, of, of Bloom Impact? I think the biggest impact is the um, customer care. I think I'm very close to our customers and I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews with um, potential investors, potential users. And I think this is the biggest impact on, on our company because in my previous trades, I have learned to design everything with the consumer in mind because there's no way you can increase your e-commerce sales without servicing, without really putting the customer at the center of the experience. And what are customers telling you? Let's let's get into that as well. You know, we tr- we toss these terms around mom and pop investors, retail investors, people on the street. Mm. But so who are the people in the Bloom Impact neighborhood? <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, I love our customers. Um, so typically we have two profiles. We have a young professional female between 30 and 40. Some, in some cases, um, this person has already kids um, and she's a well-established professional, often a consultant or this type of job. And she wants an easy, simple way to do ethical investing and she invests for the long term. She's not interested in trading meme stocks <laughs> and trying to follow the craze. She wants real impact and solid, sustainable returns. The second profile is um, that 45 to 55 year old um, men often comes with a self-managed super fund. So Bloom accepts self-managed super funds, has a business and has some kids and is really worried about the impact of climate change. And so investing his wealth within the climate impact, um, um, within a climate impact framework is a way for this type of customer to make an impact and, and invest in the future of their kids in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and what, they, what these people are telling us is that they can see through the greenwashing. They are a lot smarter than what we think they are. <laughs> they are starting to look into the holdings. So it used to be that investment firms would give the 10, 10 top holdings and that would be enough. Um, I think these days are gone and people want to know what they invest in. But more importantly, they want to know what the end impact is. Um, And when they see top stocks like AWS, um, Google, they Mm. are not convinced that this is making a positive impact. Mm. So they want a deeper, they want a deeper green um, and they want transparency. So this is something we're really passionate about. We tell them exactly what we invest in, why, um, and what impact it's making. This is one of the things that really fascinates me about uh, this part of the investment sector, um, this ability to develop and tell a narration around what the outcomes are going to be. How do you leverage that storytelling, that narrative power, and and how can you do that through the vehicle or the medium of, of a fintech? The narrative we try to build at Bloom is that People can invest and do invest for themselves, build their own wealth and build their own impact, but they 
we always re remind our users and our customers that um, they invest for a greater purpose, something bigger than them. And in fact, in the app, we are super transparent and we actually give the total figure <laughs> and mm -hmm. we say, well done. Thanks to you all. We have invested. We have invested one point. Today, it's 1.3 million into climate solutions. And we give the exact number of customers on the platform mm -hmm. so that people can understand that if we want to make a greater impact, if we want the fund to succeed, we need more people to come on board. So there's really this community. Um, and the second thing I wanted to add is in terms of the narrative, we try to articulate and put some colors onto the world we want to build for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And by this, I mean, we're trying to explain how exciting the clean energy transition is in terms of creating wealth, creating jobs, creating opportunities. And we do this by doing a lot of education about climate solutions. What are they? <laughs> how do we get there? And what does it look like to, tr to, to transform our transport industry from you know, combustion engines to electric vehicles? And we try to debunk, not debunk, but go further than the obvious ones. So people think Tesla and, you know, those big companies. But we say, look, there's also Clean Away, this beautiful company doing waste management. And look, there's also Sims, you've never heard of it, but they do metal recycling and they are having a massive impact. And we create those events so that people can actually meet directly mm -hmm. with the CEOs of these companies or the head of ESG at these big listed companies. Uh, and we're trying to broaden the, the discussions around what to invest in mm -hmm. um, beyond the obvious Tesla, Microsoft, Google, that often retail investors are falling into because that's the brands mm -hmm. they know. And so how's this working at Camille? Um, I think you're what, three months since you've officially launched. Um, mm -hmm. Where are you in terms of asset under management? And and what are your customers responding to in, in terms of that, um, that dialogue that you're starting to build mm -hmm. um, around the stocks and the portfolios and that future? Yeah, so we've had a good start, but we've launched in a challenging time. <laughs> so we've launched early April. We have 1.3 million under management and 150 investors so far. So it's very much the beginning of the journey. Um, <laughs> but we are very proud of the performance of the fund. And our customers have been delighted to see that they've came for the impact, but they are actually getting good returns. Um, you know, in July, net of fees, the fund has returned 7.1% versus our benchmark 6.2. Um, in the last 30 days today, um, we are at plus 10.66%. So I think it's just a delight <laughs> for our customers to see that they can have both. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. Obviously, it's a challenging financial uh, moment, a challenging economic moment. Uh, but you know, given recent uh, developments, the U.S. passing uh, the largest climate bill in U.S. history, the election result here in Australia, building on to COP twenty seven, um, there's momentum at the grassroots. Um, how do you how do you take advantage of the fact that people are increasingly aligning life choices, whether it's politics or you know solar energy or investment choice? How do you take how do you see your yourself building on that momentum and even taking a step in, in sort of shaping that momentum in future? Uh, this, this is um, so spot on what you've just said. Um, in fact, in all our communications, we have um, a climate finance news section 
First, it's really important to unpack the global context and the national context to our investors because it justifies and gives some confidence into our investment mandate. And we say exactly what you just said. Look, <laughs> the US in, is investing billions into um, climate change and this is what it's going to mean for industries like solar and electric vehicles. And so we unpack the mega trends and we explain to our customers how they get exposure to this trend. So we go from the news, the big news title, and we say, we think electrification is underway. Mm -hmm. And these are the companies that we think will benefit from it. We're not really trying to pick the winners though. Mm. We try to give exposure to a theme with a broad range of as broad as we can, broad mm. range of companies. So in, in the electrification, we have, you know, lithium miners, we have um, battery producers, um, car makers, you know, we're, we're trying to have the full, mm. um, the full spectrum. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think that's the main way. And we also, um, through our community events, we are trying to put this discussion um, together as well. And, make some links between how people use their money and what impact it makes. So Bloom is an investment product, but we want to be so much more. Um, at the at the root of Bloom was a community <laughs> who gathered every fortnight since 2019 mm -hmm. um, to discuss sustainable finance um, and impact investing. And on Friday, for example, we're going to meet to discuss how can, us, how can our super um, make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to have a conversation about everything that touches on money and climate mm -hmm. impact. This is this is what we want to help people understand. It's funny. I was uh, I think last week uh, it was all over the all over you know, the social media platforms. The meme that uh, George Jetson is uh, due to be born. The old the old Hanna Barbera cartoon. He's due to be born at some point in 2022. Uh, so the future that we all grew up with thinking we'd see is is rapidly coming to us. Um, what would you like to see when you sit back and you envisage what 20 years, 30 years from now is going to look like? Um, mm. What do you see, and what role do you think Bloom is going to play in bringing that about? I dream of a future where impact investing is just mainstream, absolutely mainstream. And I think we're already on the way um, with ESG making great progress and now every fund manager um, adopting these practices to drive better performance. I hope for a world where, I guess, um, financial literacy is better um, distributed amongst um, the population. I think it's also, this is also underway. <laughs> mm -hmm. The younger generations are not waiting for financial advisors before they take an interest um, in finance. But now the question is, who will, who will lead this conversation? Are we sure that now we have people's interest, but who will, who will fill this gap? Is it, you know, influencers on TikTok or <laughs> like who, who will make sure that, um, this conversation delivers um, good good outcomes for for this new um, generation eager to get mm. involved with investing in in the finance world. Um, and, and finally, I'm deeply deeply concerned about climate change. I think uh, the financial and um, human impacts are already unfolding, and I just I hope we'll be able to make the impact we can make some experts estimate that it would take 2% of the global gdp 
to fix climate change. So we know we know uh, we have enough money to do it, mm-hmm. but will we have the courage and the the agility to act at speed is my concern. Mm. But I, I I hope I hope will I hope everything will accelerate quicker than what we think. It will be interesting to see, and I think products that offer offer that ability to access with facility um, will accelerate that that investment trend as well. Um, and I as agree. much as it's, yeah, it's I'm the not, money. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just going to add. Um, I'm well aware that Bloom is not going to fix climate change on it alone <laughs> with my 1.3 million under management. But I think the question is broader than this. I think it's about changing minds. Mm. And I'd love to use Future Super as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, they started six, seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the first fossil fuel free fund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six years, six years in. They are now managing over 10 billions in management. They started mm-hmm. from scratch and they've created a conversation. And now all the funds are following this fossil fuel, not all, but many funds are now implementing this um, fossil fuel exclusion. And this is driving much larger outcomes. So I believe just in the ripple effect mm-hmm. of how a small consumer movement can actually have a domino mm. within the financial sector anyway. I find Future Super really interesting as well because it's not just the asset allocation, but it's also the what they call the ladder of engagement. Um, mm. And so their relationship with their uh, consumers and the way that they engage yeah. with customer service as well um, as in terms of providing a model um, for how you can build. Yeah, that's right. I, they've told they've told people here's your here's your power. Mm-hmm. Take it, use mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Your super is not just an amount of money that sits. Eat. Uh, idle. It's mm-hmm. invested. It's creating a world. What world do you want? Well, mm-hmm. at Future Super, we think it shouldn't fund the climate crisis. What do you think? Yep. And now people are like, oh, hold on a second. Actually, yeah, I do have a power because I'm part of this big crowd now. Mm-hmm. Um, of Because alone, we think I have, what, 20, 30, 40 thousand um, dollars on my superannuation um, account, what, what's that's going to change? But suddenly when you think that you are part of a crowd that owns 10 billion, you're like, Hmm, maybe I can do, maybe, maybe I can affect change. And then of course, bloom impact plays into that, into that entire ecosphere, doesn't it? So yes, we hope so. So Camille, where can our listeners find, uh, bloom impact for general purposes and information only? Of course. Um, so bloom is available to all individuals and um, self-managed super funds and trusts um, over 18 years old. Um, You can find us online through our website, um, bloom-impact.com. And um, you can download our app to start your impact investing journey. Um, Simply type Bloom Impact Investing. We are available on uh, Google um, Store and and Apple Store, sorry. Marvelous. Well, Camille Soquet-Clerc, thank you, thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, 
a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.